this week on Saturday we had the um, uh, town hall meeting, the first town hall meeting of the coalition, the country, as opposed to uh, it being a, a town hall meeting of the platform for progress. Uh, four of us were there, three heads of the parties forming the coalition, and the head of that uh, political movement called the Order Red in, in Bosnian language. It was in the town of Zenica, as I've said, in the city of Zenica. It was uh, well attended and uh, gave us a chance to talk about the current events in Bosnia-Herzegovina and, and the way we see the path toward the future as well as the role that this coalition can play in achieving that future. Uh, a lot of questions lasted for about two hours. It was planned for an hour, it was two hours. And um, it clearly demonstrated the need for something like this. Also, an interesting thing was, uh, interesting statement was made by Ninoslav Sushilovich, who is the head of Posavska Stranka, Posavska Party. One part of Bosnia Herzegovina is called Posavina, the northern part. Uh, mostly Croats live there. And uh, so that uh, party that um, uh, lists as its members uh, mostly Croats, but not exclusively. The interesting thing about Croats in Bosnia Herzegovina. The ones in the northern part of Bosnia and the central part of Bosnia have a different political leaning than the one in Western Herzegovina. Uh, the ones in the northern part of Bosnia and the middle part of Bosnia um, accept Bosnia Herzegovina as their country and they really want to work with everybody else in creating the country as a better place. The wonderful statement that he said was at the end of his uh, speech, he basically said that he would rather lose, not that we would lose, but he would rather lose the elections with us, and he listed the names of us, and um, um, listed Bosniak names, uh, than to win with, and he listed the name of the leader of that um, nationalist Croat party in Bosnia-Herzegovina, which was so well received. And even though this is a small party, its presence in the coalition is so important, and we are trying to expand the coalition with other parties as well as uh, other parties of, uh, of any ethnic background or, or none of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it simply sends a signal of who we are and what we are trying to accomplish and our orientation toward all of the Bosnia, all of Bosnia and Herzegovina as well as its, its diaspora. Uh, on Monday, we actually had a signing, uh, um, had a, one more one party, one smaller party from the suburb of Sarajevo. Um, that I'm trying to um, tr 
translate properly Naprina, or Advanced Progressive Democratic Party, as well as one um, citizen civic association, a civic movement uh, that uh, the, the civic association that is devoted to um, preserving. Bosnian language, culture, heritage. Uh, so both of them signed the manifest that uh, all members of the coalition has have to sign in order to be a member of it, and basically accept our principles that guide our behavior, uh, both when we fight for the for the parliament and various uh, levels of government and when we are in those positions promising to citizens that we will um, follow the, the moral principles, the law uh, and any customs that basically promote, promote fairness and efficiency. The um, after the Monday, uh, actually, what I forgot to mention, for I forgot to, I'm sorry, for I forgot to mention was going back to the calendar uh, to mention that um, on the very same day, right after that, we went to one of the local associations uh, to Bosnian into Bosniak intellectuals uh, that. Um, in, in th that together with three other uh, civic organizations, uh, primarily Serbian, primarily Croat, and the fourth one that uh, actually includes uh, parliament, uh, the members of the parliament from, from specific years, uh, those four organizations came up with uh, a set of principles that should guide any discussion about the changes of the constitution itself. So they did not promote specific changes, but the principles that will guide the changes to the constitution should such uh, an opportunity arise in Bosnia and Herzegovina, which is really necessary for Bosnia and Herzegovina to have a chance to ascend to membership in the European Union and the NATO. Um, this organization um, has um, promoted that set of principles online uh, as a, and it was a petition basically drive that about 60-70,000 people already signed and now they're going through the stages where they're talking to political parties and asking them to sign that set of principles so that uh, should it ever become a political reality to discuss the changes to the Bosnian and Herzegovina constitution that uh, those parties would then promote those principles in, in those conversations. And that day, the afternoon, we went to their offices and basically declared that uh, we will essentially uh, promote those principles if we ever 
uh, get to the position to be um, involved in such conversations. In the afternoon, interestingly enough, I had uh, I had the board meeting of the Advanced Technology Association in Sarajevo at, at the level of Bosnia-Herzegovina that um, my colleague and I spearheaded and I was the first president of that, uh, trying to bring um, even that awareness, um, societal awareness of the importance of new technologies, even in a society like Bosnia-Herzegovina that is, at least at this point, at this moment, is not uh, at a level of its development that could warrant uh, large investments in, in high technology or advanced technology. And at night I had a, a meeting with our, uh, what do we call it, um, owner commission, committee, board, whatever. Um, a group of people that, according to our bylaws, can initiate proceedings against any persons uh, or any person or persons who violate the order code of the platform for purpose. And they uh, wanted to talk to me about uh, the current political events as well as the plans of platform for purpose. Um, for the participation in the elections, as well as the coalition itself. So this was not their regular proceedings. Uh, they didn't ask me to join so that they would deliberate, but it, they just wanted to be more informed, directly informed, about our plans and um, the political movements at this point, because there are many. We have, we have been really active recently, so that um, in their work they can assess responsibilities of the people of the people within the platform for progress even better uh, so that they can should they be um, inclined or forced to um, raise a complaint about anybody so that they know the context in which that is happening and that was a really interesting conversation conversation we took a lot of uh, there were a lot of questions and a lot of comments, and I also learned a lot from their perspective how they see the situation. And the last three days I was on the road from Tuesday to maybe a couple of hours ago. I went to Belgrade and I went to Zagreb, the capital of Serbia, capital of Croatia. Um, they are clearly crucial for any future um, resolution. Uh, of future resolution of the current problems in, in Bosnia Herzegovina. They are the key to the key players, and they can be uh, the forces of uh, evil or forces of good uh, in terms of which path Bosnia Herzegovina takes in the future. Croatia is in the European Union, and Serbia is not. Serbia does not want Bosnia-Herzegovina to be in NATO because of its links with Russia and um, Croatia would like uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina to be in NATO because they are in NATO as well. However, at this point, within Bosnia-Herzegovina, 
these two nationalist sides, Croat, Croat and Serb, uh, leading parties, are in alliance with each other, and they they behave as a block when it comes to the workings of the parliament, Bosnian parliament, Bosnian-Herzegovinian parliament, basically against the Bosniak parties. Um, and of course, the three of them, uh, two of them and the leading, uh, or the nationalist Bosniak party, not the leading, but the largest party on the Bosniak side is a nationalist party, he is the main partner for them. Uh, needless to say, those three nationalist parties somehow form a coalition and they negotiate everything and they cause a problem when it's needed so they can solidify their uh, membership and the popular and ethnic groups to basically uh, appear as if they are defending their quote-unquote people against everybody else and that's the matrix uh, that is used to win elections uh, in the past 20 years, 20-25 years. Uh, so, uh, what we wanted to do is to go there and look for the forces of good within Serbia and Croatia. And we had some really interesting conversations with people who um, are not in agreement with the current policies, um, foreign policy of Serbia and Croatia and their and uh, their actions at the international level that are rarely in favor of Bosnia-Herzegovina, even though on one side, on one hand, they say they are supporting the Bosnian progress toward the more progressive, uh, more effective, more efficient future, but um, and the future membership in the European Union, but when you look at their actions on the ground, it is really completely different. Some of those conversations actually included even conversations with a uh, leading party in those countries that have direct links with uh, leading parties in Bosnia-Herzegovina, and we clearly stated the disagreements and differences in opinions, but nevertheless, those were um, Um, interesting conversations, honest, open conversations, conversations where, where uh, both them and us conveyed concerns about the current situation, political situation in Bosnia-Herzegovina, as well as the arguments that uh, led us to have those opinions and assessments of the situation. It was. It is interesting. Uh, those conversations once again showed that nothing can replace dialogue conversations. At least they each side needs to hear the argument of the arguments of the other side. And there's always when you left, um, what you left with after those conversations. Uh, is one way to, is, is uh, a conviction that you need to make your argument uh, better developed, you believe in your argument, but need to be better developed and documented so the other side will actually believe it, or actually not believe it, but um, at least listen to your reasoning. 
on the other side, you actually practice listening and you listen, but you see that um, the arguments on the other side um, are not, on the one hand, satisfying to you, but on the other, uh, does not, they don't really provide a counter-argument to the arguments that you have. But then again, that's how they see it as well. And um, the only positive thing is the fact that it is clear that both them and us have uh, realized that these conversations are important. In the end, if there is any, uh, any valid argument, that means that those arguments need to be taken into consideration with, uh, in the future, both ways. If there is none, then if there is no good argument, then it is our job or their job to clearly demonstrate why their argument is not a good one. Anyway, what I'm trying to say is that clearly there is a different view of, the, of what is happening in Bosnia-Herzegovina. Uh, for some, with some of them, some of them are completely understand the situation. They are in disagreement with the with the regime, political regime, on the one side and the other in Serbia and Croatia. But there are, again, some conversations with people who don't see it that way. And those conversations, again, uh, were beneficial in the sense that uh, at least you have a chance to provide your arguments and listen to theirs in a, in a situation that's not hostile, where people are intellectually trying to understand uh, each other and then hopefully after many such conversations, perhaps if the, those uh, forces, that uh, political forces in both countries that are viewing the whole situation differently, hopefully they will win at some, in some uh, uh, when, when um, the possibility to govern at a certain level, hopefully at the level of the country, so that we collectively can work together toward the better future of the whole region, not just one country or the second or the third. And we collectively have to figure out how to do what they teach you in, in business schools to enlarge the pie rather than divide the pie that's small enough. And in that case, you have to Somebody has to win and somebody has to lose, which is rarely a winning proposition. And I just arrived from uh, those conversations uh, today, still under impressions, uh, under impressions of the trip. I have to tell you that um, I look forward to other trips and their visits here to expand the number of people and the group of people we would work with. and. Um, those conversations simply help you uh, figure out uh, the program that you will offer, that I can offer to the citizens of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, uh, so that they uh, can know uh, in October of 2022 uh, if they would or why they would vote for us. What's ahead of us is a lot of um, a lot of uh, groundwork. We need to improve our situation on the ground in terms of ability to visit 
uh, existing organizations and develop new ones. Of course, the financial uh, situation is always important. The uh, human resources situation, we have to find the best candidates for the for the various positions within the parliament or, or assemblies, depending on the level of government. We are talking about um, prepare the campaign, prepare the program, clearly that's, that's, that can move us toward the better, and then articulate that in a way that people will understand why it is important for them and why they will work for us. Um, so I expect um, in the future, all the way through October, there will be a lot of travels, a lot of trips, a lot of conversations with people. And not necessarily just just here, but whatever it would take us to to help us understand how this is uh, how to win this battle. That I believe is so important, not just for Bosnia and Herzegovina, but Europe and the whole world. Because, and I've said this so many times, uh, what we have here is where the world is going. There are very few countries that's going to be uh, where there will be only one ethnic group in the whole country. We have, through the globalization, due to the movement of people and goods and information, we're going to have more and more mixed societies, and we need to figure out. Uh, any, anything from the constitutional arrangements to everyday life, how to organize a political political uh, how to solve the political complexities in the country caused by the fact that people are so diverse and all of them have multiple identities, but we all need to figure out how to work for the benefit of the of the country, for the benefit of all of us who are different in so many different ways, and hopefully find the strength in the difference rather than the reason for hating each other or fighting each other. Anyway, that's the report. Not, just, not very so easy. So no, 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 that's fine. Uh, and just a couple of follow-ups. In terms of these conversations, and I think you pretty much answered it, but is there a way looking forward of be, how you leverage the information that you've received from the meetings in Serbia and Croatia as part of the campaign, or is it just more a knowledge base moving forward as to potential strategy down the road, I guess. Well, you know, uh, at this point it was a fact-finding mission, so that it was a learning mission. I, I wanted to learn more about their struggles within Serbia and Croatia and how uh, they dealt or are dealing with uh, political pressures or uh, sometimes autocracies really in, in their countries and uh, is there a political freedom of speech are they afraid uh, are the media independent um, how do they 
use the media to convey their message when the most media are out of reach for them because they are under the influence of the of the ruling um, party or ruling coalition. And then their projections for the future, which forces are uh, sort of healthier or more progressive or more democratic than other ones. And of course the situation in Serbia and Croatia is different. Um, uh, Croatia is in the European Union and has to follow more rules that have been established by the European Union than Serbia does, because Serbia is not in the European Union. Uh, and of course uh, Croatia is pro-Western and uh, Serbia is finding the balance between the West and, and the East or Russia. A very interesting situation. So I was really, through that, through that exchange of information, I was trying to figure out what kind of influence there might be in the future on Bosnia and Herzegovina, should one side or the other win. And so that I know who to root for <laughs> and to prepare uh, for a plane A and plane B, depending on who wins, assuming I am in a position to do something about it if I am successful in, in, my, if, in my race. So, uh, and that's it's very, very helpful to see uh, different experiences, different perceptions different approaches. Um, as always, conversation is good, networking is good. Uh, if you open your mind and ears, you can learn a lot and also you can change others percep other perceptions about the country you coming from because I have to say without without any intent to flatter myself or to give myself any kind of credit. Uh, I am a, a, a different politician and I'm, uh, I say I'm a professor, I'm not a politician. I have a career outside of politics I don't need I, I think differently. I, I, I reason differently. I talk differently. And every time somebody from the outside of this country uh, who has um, not had a chance to hear me talk, they get surprised that there is such a person in the political life in Bosnia Herzegovina, and, and uh, at least by a little, their perception changes about who we are in Bosnia Herzegovina, what it is that we can do, and what is this political movement or political option that is trying to do something different and, and really has a different idea about the, the country altogether. Could I get you to elaborate just a little bit more on these core principles that you were talking about and potential changes or whatever to the Constitution and what, what, is, what does that mean in moving forward? Right. Well, Platform for Progress is based on five principles and we have um, if that's what you're asking, and we have like, we have placed those uh, five principles, excuse me, at the core of the coalition for the uh, the coalition called the country. We all accepted it. We also have a set of values, 
and set of goals. Uh, the principles uh, for us are the way to evaluate ideas, actions, people. And the first principle is the country, the country before everything else, meaning you have to invest in the country before you can accept, uh, is expect that you're going to have a better life. You have to build a better community, more, uh, more just, more efficient community. Then the prevalence of knowledge. Um, people today get uh, high-level positions based on their party membership rather than based on their skills. And we promise that should we get in power, we will never try to reward uh, our members, regardless of their knowledge. That's fine. If we're going to open an ad and the best people should apply, including our members. Now, if every, everything else is equal, uh, equally good, okay, one of the criteria could be, are you a person who brought the change and therefore could, because of that idea and belief in that idea, will defend those principles even better. But if anybody's uh, living those principles and that's a better candidate than ours, those people should be in power. Just people should be given the position that they applied for. The third principle is honest integrity, personal integrity. We have enough crooks, we have enough criminals. We don't want that. Uh, respect for youth uh, in terms of giving chances to youth doesn't mean they take over now the positions. No, but they have to have meaningful chances to grow within an environment that will constantly remind them of the principles. And the last one is the responsibility, which there is none in this country. So these principles are really something that, to me, it's an answer to everything. People say, how would you solve A? Well, I would look at the principle. I would find a person who lives those principles, the best among the, um, the people who, uh, who would like to have that job or responsibility, and we will give that person, or to those who really live those principles, who want the country to do, do well, give them as experts uh, to, the chance to, to provide the solution. There are people in this country who have solutions, or groups of people who have solutions for this country on any subject, but they are not being asked, they are not being listened to, because they are not in those parties. They are not crooks, so that they cannot be controlled manipulated. Solutions are here, but they are not being recognized because they don't give the ruling parties the chance to continue uh, ruling. And also we talk about the importance of fair voting, whether it's electronic uh, voting or whether it is a scanning or just physical presence of observers who will make sure that you cannot cheat, whatever. Uh, that is also very important. That is why I talk about principles all the time. You cannot have a crook solve a problem of a criminal society. You will not. You will not solve a problem uh, by a person who has purchased his diploma rather than earned it. And therefore, um, you, you, these problems will not be solved by a person who has a criminal record. 
the person who just is for himself or herself and not for the community, the society, for the fellow citizen. That is why our insistence on the seven principles. That is why we also like the approach of those four uh, civic organizations that decided to put forth principles and then have the experts, legal experts, to come up with a constitution that is going to help us solve the problem. That is why I'm so against these current efforts by the, let's say, Croatian Democratic Union to um, take one piece of the constitution and change it so that it benefits them, that change, without regard for the problem that the change will cause throughout the other provisions of the Constitution. It has to be looked at holistically. That is why as a, as a, as a researcher in complex systems can, can um, say with a complete belief in, in it that a system has to be solved systemically. We have to put everything in front of us and all the interactions among all the provisions or articles of the Constitution will have to be examined so that we know that no change will make things worse. No change to one article will make change, will make will introduce problems to other articles, their implementation or the connection with other articles or influence on other articles. And that is the first principle of, uh, of complex adaptive uh, complex systems. Um, nothing is isolated of everything else. And no matter what you touch, see for the consequences, check, verify, and you have to solve all of those issues. You know, in, in economics, there's something called Pareto principle, right? Pareto optimization, where you can only make a change to one element if it is not going to make any other element worse off. Then the change is fine. And so, and when you cannot make any such change, when you cannot make any such change to any one element without disadvantaging, disadvantaging somebody else, then at that point you have that Pareto optimal society, economics, whatever. And the same thing could be applied here. Yes, let's talk about changes, but if it's gonna either leave us at where we are or make our lives better. If it makes anyone of us worse off, don't stop. That's not our ideal optimal perfect because probably impossible to expect any perfect solution in a world where people have their will and interest and agendas, but we can at least try to make some changes. Um, that is interesting. Now, as we talk about it, see, that is a principle from economics that could be important here as well in the political science. And there's another one. Um, the curve of adoption of new technologies that I found very useful for um, politics, political science as well.
And that's what I would like to do eventually, look at this as a science and try to figure out how to, plus, in addition to my modeling or simulating societies, try to figure out uh, criteria or principles that would help us uh, objectively both design and measure um, societies toward their path to better life for all their citizens. Yeah. I know you well enough, and you will. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it.